just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Thursday. We're moving through the week. Kind of a busy week. A lot of stuff going on. Yesterday we had Dewey on the show, and we're very fortunate to have yet another listener as a guest on the show today. Today it's Maddie from Michigan. Maddie, welcome. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Tell me something, Maddie. Now, you haven't been on the show before. A lot of people have been on once or twice, and uh, I got a lot of emails from some people. You're relatively new uh, to, to to me hearing from you. What was the uh, uh, the press uh, the reason you wanted to come on the show today? I know you had very specific reasons. One of the main reasons I wanted to come on the show is the fact that I keep seeing a lot of laws being passed directly mm-hmm. targeted at transgender people like myself and by extension or even our families based on the laws that are coming up in Florida now and how it's getting very scary to actually travel through the United States as a transgender person. Right. So, so uh, Maddie's from Michigan and she's transgender. I, when we were off the air, I said transgendered, and she corrected me that that's not right. And I, as I told her, I've been married 40 years. Getting corrected is kind of second nature to me. I'm used to it. So don't, don't, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, uh, where you came from? And I don't mean location, I mean a mindset and, and, and your personal life to, to where you are now. Well, I grew up in a, Conservative family, um, definitely not politically active, like most of my family didn't vote, but they were definitely on the conservative side. I heard a lot of racist, homophobic, transphobic jokes growing up. And hearing those, those made a very deep mark in my memories. And I still remember how I felt and what was happening on those days when I heard those jokes because I knew that they, my family didn't know, but they were targeting me. Right. Well, you, you, you heard these jokes and at what point in your life was it from the beginning, from as far back as you can remember that you, you had a sense that was something was going to be different with you than maybe siblings or what have you. One of the first things that I vividly remember, I was probably about four years old. And I was with my father at one of his best friend's house, and he had a daughter that was my age. And we grew up together, especially to that point. We knew each other very well. And I wanted to try on her dress. Okay. And I was told I couldn't. And I never understood why. Why I was prevented from wearing this when I felt this innate draw to it. Right. Obviously, the reason why they don't want you to do it, because the last thing a conservative dad wants is a uh, LGBTQ son, for whatever yeah. reason, that that is one of their greatest fears. Have you ever wondered why that is the one thing they're so fearful of? 
I think it's because they don't understand us. They don't understand how we could exist and what conservative father, you got to be a man, men don't cry, wants their son to fully reject everything that is man. Right. I mean, I, I know I, I, I had that experience when I was a kid, you know, you got to be a man, you don't cry, you play football, you hunt, you fish, you do all that kind of stuff. I had that going on too, uh, except that most of it I kind of related to more naturally because, uh, uh, because I'm a heterosexual male. So it was more natural. As I look back on it, I see a little bit I mean, I, I rejected a lot of stuff like hunting and fishing, not because of any other reason, just made no fucking sense to me at all. I just didn't want to do it. Um, so is this something, something you, you had, how long did you deal with it before anybody knew, including maybe yourself, what the situation was? My wife had suspected that I was this way because my pre coming out, there was a fetishized yeah. version of myself, in which stems from actually being essayed as a child by my female cousin. And so it, I was about eight years old and it just warped everything together. And I lost track of who I was for a long time. But my wife, she pointed it out to me probably in the right around 2013 was like, I think you're this way. And of course, I lost it. I was angry. Let's go back a second because we're we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Um, First of all, you said S.A. This isn't TikTok. You can say whatever you want to fucking say on this thing. You (laughs) meant sexually abused, right? Yeah. And you said you were... You she were sexually was, abused by your cousin. How long ago? When was this? What age were you at that time? I was about seven, eight years old. Wow. My female cousin, she raped me for an entire summer. and Multiple times? Yes, for three months straight. She was the one watching me. Okay. And so how old was she? Probably about 14, 15 years old. Wow. Wow. And... Uh, um at the time when you were seven or eight, how did you perceive that? I mean, because you're young, you don't really know what it is. How, how did you perceive that? Did you perceive it negative um, as nothing? Or, or I, I'm asking questions because I'm dumb here and I don't understand. So uh, forgive me if I'm too blunt. It's It was very confusing. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why this was happening. I didn't know why part of my body liked it. I didn't know why mentally I hated it. I didn't know why like I was shattered in multiple different directions in that moment and in the following moments. And it took me until my thirties until I could start putting who I was back together. So, so you ultimately did get married. You were leading presumably a heterosexual life. You were married and at what what point did you get married? Um, I got married once when I was really young, and that's when my oldest was born okay. with my ex-wife. And 
I got custody of him. And so since he was three years old, I pretty much raised him alone, except for my current wife. She came into the picture right around three, when he was about three years old, after my previous wife was gone. And she was always much more progressive. Right. Like it felt like my first wife was cut from the same cloth that I was used to. Okay. I gotcha. So you're, you're currently married right now. Yes. Okay. I'm currently married to my wife. We've, we've been married since before I transitioned and that is actually a rarity. Yeah. I would imagine. Let me ask you something again, because I'm dumb. Um, there, there are a lot of people, the uninitiated in this world that will say, you know, if, if a child is abused, when they're younger, that might have some bearing on how they turn out in the end. I mean, some of them end up being abusers themselves, or some of them, uh, some of the uninitiated would say, well, that's why they became gay or transgender or something like that. So do you feel that had any impact on how I you think, went down the road? I think the only impact that it really had was delaying the inevitable. Delaying? I how would- so? I, that I would come out as me because had that not happened and I had been able to grow up in a little bit freer of an area, I probably would have came out quite a bit earlier in my life because okay. I would have been able to come to terms with who I was without lugging around all that other emotional baggage. Right, right. Um, so you say you got married very young the first time. How old were you, 17, 18? Um, I, had, I was 20. Okay. 20, 21 years old. I was only married to her for a year before we split up. Okay. Now, during the time prior, you know, you're in high school, you're in school, and prior to getting married, is this something that was going on with you that you just kind of pushed down, or or oh. or was it just something that came up at a moment in time? No, it was something that I definitely kept suppressed my entire life. I anything that would point a light towards the reality of who I was, I would run from it, kicking and screaming and try to model what it meant to be a guy and try to mimic as much as I could of what I was taught was masculinity. Right. So, so you were pushing that down and you were essentially play acting what you perceived to be a macho guy. Yep. And how how did that go? I mean, how, how did that, I mean that's not your nature, obviously. Uh, were you able to pull it off? You learn to you learn how to put on a very thick mask, okay? Basically, and you hide the truth so deep that it's no longer the truth to even you. You convince yourself of the lie. Kind of like what the Trump fucks have done. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, it's amazing what you can convince yourself of, and we see it every day with 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 Trump fucks and Republicans. Um, I think you know. I think that's something that we as a country, um, a large majority of people, have to play that game. You know, it, it, it's fairly extreme in what you're doing because you're going uh, down the route of transgender. But everybody seems to be play acting something. They seem to be putting on this face. I mean, I, I, I see people on TikTok and, 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 and people on, uh, podcast and I worked in radio for many years 
And whenever they sat in front of this microphone, in front of that camera, they became something else. And I'd know them off camera. And and so it seems like everybody's playing it. I will tell you this. Uh, I made a concerted effort when I started doing the TikToks and the podcast to not do that. I want. I, I wanted to see how this would go if I just was myself, uh, warts and all. And uh, I've tried to stick to that. So I don't want you to think I'm play acting here. As, uh, as you know, people say oh, I'm an ally and all this shit. You know, your actions decide whether you're truly. Um, and I hate that word ally. I don't need to be your ally. I just need to consider you on the same level and equal with me. And I do so. Uh, I don't have to be your ally. You don't need me to save you. And and that's what a lot of people that are you like you said are play acting. The they've convinced themselves. I mean, you see what's happening with was it Matt Slap? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. he's in trouble for groping a man. It's like uh, if you were just truthful with who you are, you would be so much happier. Instead, you bury yourself under heaps of hate mainly directed at yourself but since it's easier you just cast it out and hate on who you are now leading up to the time before you were married for the first time uh you obviously had to have some struggles with that given what was going on in your body you know you're doing one thing you felt another way were were there were, were you so successful in 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 masking yourself up to that point uh or were there some trials and tribulations and difficulties you ran through as you're trying to figure out your way up to your first marriage there was a lot of tri- trials and tribulations a lot of counseling um suicide attempts wow and um and that continued well into adulthood Um, but, and that's what people don't understand is to be transgender, you, to actually transition medically, you actually have to go through years of intensive therapy. Yeah. It's not like you just decide one day, I'm going to be transgender today. That's what the Republicans would have you believe that it's just, I'm snapping my fingers and now I'm this. It's just not that way. Right. And I, And they do that because a long time ago, it used to be if you came out as transgender, they would say, okay, this is your regiment that you will have to follow. You will have to transition. You'll have to do this. And it was much more medical and less psychological. And that at the time did lead to some transition regret because there was less known about non-binary or gender fluid or gender non-conforming. Right. Tell and, me, tell me what, what, so people can kind of understand this. I think it's important that people are informed. Uh, so they, you know, they know what's going on prior to you coming out and you're kind of battling with this inside of your body. What, what was that whole experience like for you? I mean, was it, was it, was it uh, pain, emotionally painful for you all the time? Was it something you struggled with every day? It was to the point where I would say, well, I'm 30 now. What's another 50 years until I die? Oh, wow. And and just fight who I was and just basically started counting the days down until I died. So what? 
What gave you the courage to actually come out? Finally coming to the realization that that's what it was. It was either I come out and admit who I was and, or there was no point of continuing, even with my children and my wife who all loved me. There was just no point because I was in so much pain and yeah. it caused me to lash out at everybody and treat people very, very negatively for a long time. That's what I was going to mention. I mean, if you felt that much turmoil and that much strain, it did have to affect your family too. I mean, any times you deal with anybody who's under any kind of stress, whether it be money, whether it be relationships or whatever, people tend to act out and take it out on others. And obviously it sounds like that's what happened with you. Very much. And I can even look back on my time back in the uh, late 2000s, early 2010s. I was very big into guns and hunting and I listened to some Alex Jones back then. So, well, look I, at the time. Thanks for coming in, Maddie. <laughs> I sincerely regret it. And I stopped listening to him like very shortly after I started and started. But what really probably tipped me off was when um, gay marriage was legalized across right. the nation. I saw friends that I knew from all of high school, best friends, grew up with them, instantly say, if you support this, I will never speak to you again and just draw a very hard line. And I couldn't understand that. It's 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 funny how how people are so frightened of this. I you know I grew up in South Minneapolis. I grew up in the 60s and 70s. It was a far different time. I mean, in the 60s, it was illegal to be gay and act out on it. It was illegal to uh, have interracial marriages. It wasn't that long ago when this was a far, uh, far less tolerant country. Um, so would you say, would you say in order to fit the, fit the area you lived and the people you know, uh, listening to Alex Jones, being kind of conservative. If I didn't know you and I just met you in that time frame, might I think you would be a possible Trump fuck based on what you were play acting? More than likely, yes. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 so so you know you mentioned Matt Schlapp, okay? And Matt Schlapp is the the head of uh, what's he do the the CPAC thing and 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 he was accused of groping Herschel Walker's uh, assistant or whatever and 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 to be called out as gay and 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 sexually assaulting a man obviously is contrary to the image he wants to per portray do you think do you think that there are people that are either gay or transgender or whatever role play like you did in order to cover up for it and you know, you, you we talk about Lindsey Graham in 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 South Carolina. It's 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 apparently a well known fact that he's he's um, in the LGBT group, but he seems to fight against them. He seems to do everything he can to hurt them. Is it is it just trying to prove you're not that? Is that what they're doing? Yeah, it's wow, definitely projection. It's saying, don't look at me. Look at all those people over there. That they're the ones that are the problem. Ignore yeah. me. 
while I'm over here doing the same thing that they're doing that I'm yelling at them about doing. You were, you had your, your, you had your first marriage and you had a child, right? Yes. And you had custody of that child. Yep. And now, he gave me a beautiful granddaughter. Wow. I love granddaughters. I got a granddaughter. How old is she? She just turned one. Wow. Yeah. It gets more fun as time goes on. Maybe not for the parents, but for me, I, you know, I, I was, uh, I was sitting at a restaurant with my son and my wife and my granddaughter and we were all going to sit down. And I sat next to my granddaughter. My, my wife says, no, nah, that's not going to happen. I said, what, what do you mean? She says, when you two sit together, there's too much goofing around. <laughs> so my wife sent me away, sent me to sit on the other table. But I, I, I love having grandchildren. My question is, at the time you came out, how old was your son at that point? My son was approximately 11 or 12. Okay, he's 11 or 12. Your first wife, you'd already divorced her. You have this son. You have custody. Now, you come out when he's 11. Does your first wife then say, oh, well, he can't have custody anymore. Clearly, there's a problem there, and we need to get my son away from him. Did that happen? We actually kept it as close to the DL as possible. Okay. My wife was very supportive and helped do drop-offs and pickups and everything, and I would try to stay away from her, with, but it served a second purpose. Of, she really fucking pissed me off, and I always wanted to slap her. <laughs> I get that. I get that. I get that. Well, well how, your son's 11 years old. Now, that's, you know, he's pre-adolescent. This is a confusing time for a kid at that point. You come out. How, how does he react to this? He... Him and even my other two children said they they love me so much more now that I've transitioned and I've come out because I'm more compassionate and understanding and willing to talk and show them love and affection. And my oldest, he was able to keep it secret, I think, because my ex-wife tried to use him as a bludgeon against me. Right. Well, yeah, naturally, he, that, that seems to always be the case. Yeah. So, so you, you came out to your family, but you were keeping it low to the community. Yes. I came out to my family and mind you, when I came out to my children, this was after a couple of years of counseling already, right? trying to figure all this stuff out. And I, so socially transitioned at the job that I had at the time. They were very understanding and respective. Wow. Great. And I looking through my entire transition, I had it easy compared to the vast majority of transgender people out there. And, and that's not fair. They should all be able to transition as easily as I did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, when you trans when when you came out, you were married for the second time, correct? Yes. Um, and and you said that your second wife had some suspicions or some feelings that that might be the case with you. Yeah, she did. She occasionally would catch me dressed up. That's a flag. I yeah, mean, that's, that's a very big flag. That's a red flag, you know. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> yep. And and how did she react to that? I mean, what was her what was her feelings about this? 
initially? My wife, she, she let me believe that she believed that I was, it was just a fetish or just something I was doing that it wasn't really trans. I wasn't really transgender, but my wife is one of the most calculating and patient women I will ever meet in my life. And when she, if she wants to, she can go for the jugular and take you down in a heartbeat. (laughs) Yeah, I have one of those. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, so, but it sounds like she must've been accepting of it though. She was accepting of it in the degree of she wouldn't stop me. She would support me through it. However, she didn't know if she could be with me as a partner afterwards. Well, that that that's that was my next question. Now you're married. You come out. Now, when you say, um, and excuse me for if I if I sound stupid because, well, I'm stupid, but. Um, when you say transgender, um, are we talking about uh, uh, surgeries and things like that? Or are we just talking about hormones? And, and I, again, I'm dumb, so I don't know. Where where are you at in your transition? For me, I yeah. socially transitioned. I've changed my name. I've changed my birth certificate. I've changed my license. Um, hormones, surgery more surgery that I want to have and but not every transgender person opts for surgery or I understand opts yeah for hormones. I understand. And wow. and we do run the gambit. Like there was a person that I follow on TikTok. She was or he, I'm sorry, he said that he's trans male. And right. Prior to transition, he had a child as okay. a fine female birth. As far as I know, they said they had a child and came out, transitioned to trans male, had a chromosome test done and found out that they were, in fact, XY chromosomes. Wow. How do you explain that? It's a, we, Transgender people fall under the spectrum of neither one or the other. It's just instead of our bodies showing that we are neither or partially both, like in certain hermaphroditic settings, ours is in our brain. And it has been shown that through fmri and advanced rate scans of the brain that a trans person's brain doesn't exactly match but more matches the brain structure of a of the cis person that they identify with their gender so even though you were born a male what's going on in your mind or your brain is more slanted toward female yep the physical structure and wiring of it and and that's why even the Olympics stopped doing chromosome testing is because it exposed all there is actually like thirty some different versions of chromosomal makeup that okay. make up that can make up a human being. And it's not all just 
XX or XY. There are myriad of different configurations in between. Gotcha. So you come out to your wife, your current wife. She's unsure how she's going to deal with this, and that's completely understandable. But yet you're still... Especially because I was an asshole. Well, you got... I mean... (laughs) Be, be, being a husband, that's kind of your birthright, but um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm sure I could be uh, identified that by my <laughs> wife from time to time. Um, but so you're this this male asshole, and now you're you're becoming uh, who you really are in terms of uh, your coming out. Uh, so now she married a man who actually turned out to be a woman, yet she's still married. Yep. How is, she, how is she dealing with that? I mean, it's got to be confusing and difficult for her. What my wife and I actually did was we never even told our children this. We, it's not, we kind of split up. Okay. Not in the sense of dating other people or exploring who we are in that respect, but in the sense of, we always said if we were going to part, we wanted to part as friends for the sake of our children. So we don't fight and drag them into something messy that they don't deserve. Right. So, but in the process of stepping back and focusing more on our friendship, we actually ended up falling back in love. And, and really? she found out that she is um, a part of the LGBT community in the sense that she is what's called demisexual where her sexual attraction has to have an emotional connection to it first understandable okay so she had that emotional connection to you regardless of what gender you identify as yep okay and it all came back and we fell back in love and are still together and annoying the hell out of each other (laughs) again that is a spouse's birthright. Um, so, again, again, I'm 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 not the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, so, now that you've, you've transitioned to female and your wife is female, do you, is this even a thing? Do you identify as as gay or or straight or what? Or does that not even matter? For all intents and purposes, we're in a lesbian relationship and and okay. raising our two children that we had together, as well as my oldest, who's moved out now, and right. and she's we now support each other. And she has more than once said to me, "I'm finally the partner she always wanted in life." Wow. Well. I mean, all's well that ends well, I guess. <laughs> and but you're but you're but you're married, so I know better than to say <laughs> all's well that ends well. I mean, there will be be trials and tribulations in any marriage. There always are. Yep. Um, so tell me how you feel now. I mean, you, you seem to be uh, accepted at work. You're yep. ac- you're accepted at home with your wife. How about your extended family that? were more the conservative Trumplefuck types. How are they responding to this? There's a lot of, 
I'm okay with you, but I'm not okay with what you do. Almost like uh, love the love the sinner, hate the sin. Right, right. I mean, well, yeah. And I told the story. I told the story yesterday. Dewey asked me to tell it, and you know about the fact of the matter is what you do in your bedroom matters nothing to me any more than what I do in my bedroom matters to you. It that's right. not that's not part of our relationship. That doesn't right. that, no, that doesn't come be. into play. No, any more than what color you are, what your religion is, whatever. I mean if you're if you get along with somebody and they're nice and you're nice, it's fine. If one guy's an asshole, then the other guy'll be an asshole and it doesn't matter what color, what gender, what what orientation you are. Um I, I guess Martin Luther King said it, judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And that can go in everything that's different about us. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, a lot of <laughs> fragile male egos seem, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, th- they are afraid of the whole concept of LGBTQ on any level. And, and and they want to tell you. I mean, how many how many times do people come to you and said, "Well, the Bible says that's wrong," which isn't true, but they will use that. They will pervert what the Bible says in order to make their point. It's happened to me quite a bit. A bit. Most of the time, I want to tell them, "Fuck you." <laughs> that that you know that that's a phrase that works for me quite well. I use it a lot, <laughs> much and- to my wife's chagrin. And my wife's too. I'm always the one that wants to stir the pot, so to speak, and <laughs> just ruffle the feathers and piss people off. Yeah. I tell people pissing people off is kind of my hobby. I enjoy it. I, I I tell people, I said, I'd rather have you pissed off at me than not having Im- any impact on you at all. You know, you can like me, you can hate me, but as long as you're involved and you have some kind of reaction, I feel like I'm I'm doing something here. And when you piss them off, that's when you got them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So now are you open to the public in general, or are you still kind of under the under no, the wire? I'm, I'm full-time. And, in fact, to even to get hormones and everything, you have to live full-time as your gender for a minimum of one year. You you made that point earlier when we were talking. You know, if you listen to Trump or Republicans, you 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 get this sense that they believe that somebody who's transgender or gay or whatever just decides one day, oh, that'd be fun to do that. I'm just going to do that. Um, and it sounds like what you said uh, as far as you know making your transition. This was quite a lengthy, arduous process. My process started in for medical and in 2017, and it is still continuing to this day, including counseling. Is this something that's going to go on for the rest of your life, or is there a, a period where you're going to be done with all that? In some form, it will go on for the rest of my life because I have to do hormones for the rest of my life. It If, if your youth was any different, Oh, I mean, we all went through the same kind of youth. Had had you not gone through the sexual abuse, had you not gone or lived in an area that was 
maybe not accepting of this sort of thing? Do you think the transition might have been different? I mean, it sounds like it went pretty easily for you, but might it have gone easier had you not had to deal with the shit prior to the transition? It would have gone easier in the sense that what kept me from coming out was abject fear, fear of losing everything. Because everybody says, oh, it's a choice. And I keep telling them, no, it's not a choice because I, I even pose the question to them. If you had two choices of a life to live in one choice, you're accepted by the community. Everything's hunky dory. You don't have to worry about your job because of who you love or who you are and the other, and you have all your family. And then the other choice is give it all up for a roll of the dice and possibly get killed or sexually assaulted beaten to within an inch of your life, lose your family, end up on the streets, lose everything. Nobody would choose to live this life. Well, clearly it's not a choice because prior to the coming out or transitioning, you made the choice to play the role of a heterosexual male, a trumplefuck, if you will. You played that role and that was your choice. But it couldn't hold because it wasn't natural to you. It it wasn't right. You were, you made that choice and that choice didn't work. So you went the other way and you transitioned and now life is easier. That in itself proves this is not a choice. Exactly. And you hear everybody's talking about kids transitioning and everything. And under the age of 18, under the age of 18, the vast majority of the time, especially under the age of 16, they're, the only thing that kids get is counseling and possibly puberty blockers. Right. right. Hormones don't even start till you're 16. Right. What do you and, say what do you say to the people the Republicans who 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 complain about the puberty blockers or or the hormones when they're 16? They see that as abuse of a child what what do you say to that hormone blockers and puberty blockers and things like that have been studied extensively in multiple areas because they have been used for since the 70s to help when children start to develop too soon where right. their body can't right. handle it so it's none of this is new technology it's just a different use for existing medications in fact everybody says that this is all new some of the first transgender gender affirmation surgeries that were ever performed were in the 1920s in berlin right in fact a lot i mean in the holocaust and everything very few people talk about that the Nazis went after the LGBT community first. Yeah. And the book burnings that you see in historical pictures are of the Nazis burning all the study and all the literature on that was ever studied in Berlin and Germany. And that's what led to the rise of fascism that we're seeing now. Well, I was going to say that sounds all too familiar the burning of books and, and, and the fascist attitudes. Um, 
People in this country should be very worried about what's going on with the Republicans. And that's why I say I'm surprised there aren't more people that are even more up in arms than they are. This is this is truly a threat to our country as we know it. It's not just the LGBTQ people. It's not just the people of color. It's not just the uh, people of other religions. Ultimately, it affects everybody, and and we should be fearful and protective of what we have now by knocking these motherfuckers down. And one thing I do say is people of the privileged demographics, mainly in this country, white Christian males and everything, and then you have the white Christian females that go along with what their spouses say and everything, they don't seem to understand that the strength of your rights is in direct proportion to the strength of the most marginalized group in your society. Right. Because exactly. even in Nazi Germany, they said first they came for the gays, then they came for the socialists, and then they came for my neighbor. Right. And then they came for me. They won't stop until we are wiped from this earth and you've even heard it at CPAC. They're calling for the eradication of people like me. I have never heard anybody in my life. Right. Exactly. And what we're going to do is we're going to take a break here, but I want that. That was the next step I wanted to talk about. Uh, I talked about it with Dewey and and a previous podcast, the whole idea of eradicating transgender people. Um, And we'll talk about that. And I also want to get into some of the other mainstream politics, because as much as you're transgendered, uh, you're listening to the Rational Boomer Show, so you have some ideas of some of the other shit going on out there that's fucking crazy. Most definitely. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. We are back on the Rational Boomer podcast. Uh, our guest today is Maddie from Michigan. She's a woman who is, uh, uh, how do I say it? You're, you're transgender. Yep. You, I'm you were a once a male. Female. Now you're a woman. Yep. Okay. You alluded to something before we took the break, and this is something that really kind of riled me up because I can't believe that people are actually saying these things. We had CPAC and these are the ultra mega pieces of shit that go to CPAC. Fortunately, it's it's less well attended than it has been in the past, so they're losing some ground. But there's a guy, uh, Michael Knowles, and he's on something called The Daily Wire, and he I don't know if he has a podcast or a video show or something like that. And he essentially said that uh, uh, we need to eradicate transgendered people. So the only way I, I, I can take eradicate is something akin to what happened in Nazi Germany with with yes. Jewish people and transgender people and, and that sort of thing. When you hear something like that, being who you are, what does that what does that do to you right off the bat? What what do you think? 
Well, one of the first things that jumps into my mind is I'm actually very grateful that Canada has made it so we can escape if need be, because I feel that they are directly coming after people like me and want to kill us and take our families from us, especially in Florida with the laws that they're passing, saying even if we went down there, the fact that I'm transgender, they could, they're wanting to pass laws to make it so they could take my children away even if we're just visiting on vacation. Yeah, you want to take your kid to Disney World like anybody else would if they have some indication that you're transgender, they're going to come take your kids away. That's that's fucking absolutely appalling that that's even spoken about out out loud, let alone passed as a law. And to the point where I say, try it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another story. I mean, one of the things that we're, we're hearing about about Florida, particularly, they, uh, you know, I, I really think that that Republicans are at a state of uh, panic right now. They realize their time is short. The millennials and the Gen Zs are coming of age, and as they do, the Republicans won't have a foothold anymore. They're losing it very quickly, so they're coming out with this extreme shit. I talked about something on the show a while back how. Um, Ron DeSantis, well, the legislature in in uh, Florida came out with a thing where if you were a blogger, give you an idea how old these fucks are, who calls it being a blogger anymore? Anyway, if you're a blogger, you have to register with the state and get your, your stories <laughs> approved <laughs> and maybe suffer some consequences if you don't get registered or you put out the wrong things. I mean, this is the absolute definition of fascism. And there was a lot of heat given to Florida over this. I did a TikTok and said, if I'm a blogger, I don't live in Florida. I'm going to fucking pick on DeSantis every chance I get. And you can fuck yourself if you think you're going to stop me. Um, but then Ron DeSantis says, oh, no, I didn't say that. I didn't mean that. You know, once they get pushback, they back away from it <clears throat> as if they never, never said it. You mentioned Canada. Is that something you have in the back of your mind if things do get dangerous that you will go to Canada? I mean, that's a that's an, that's a thought, a plan, a strategy for you if need be? Yeah, absolutely. And it is it makes us grateful that we do live in Michigan and our escape to Canada would be fairly simple, but we would give everything up, load our children in the car, go to Canada, and plead for asylum. And to be perfectly honest with you, if if our country was to come to that, that would be one of the saddest days we've seen in this country in our history. I mean, it's exactly the opposite of what this country is supposed to be. And that's what pisses me off so much. These fuckers, they call themselves patriots. Yeah, They don't understand anything of what patriotism is. And most of them, like, Tucker Carlson and all those other pansies, <laughs> they couldn't survive two minutes in the military. No, no, of course not. You know, Tucker Carlson's kid born with a silver spoon and it's been mollycoddled all his fucking life. You know, you know, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, you know, in South Minneapolis, uh, I wasn't a violent kid or whatever, but he was the kind of kid if he was my age, he was the kind of kid that would be this smarmy little rich fuck that would probably get his ass kicked. And I might have been right in there just to 
calm that fucker down. Um, but what, 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 what's your, what's your take on the country overall? I mean, we went from a fairly tolerant country and now with the uprising of the Trump effects, um, we are looking in the face of fascism. I mean, for me, you wonder, how do you fucking get here? How do you get here? And how do these people that support these idiots actually believe what they say and support it? Are there that many people that are just horrible people in this country? There must be. And the way I see it, too, is it's like, is as you corner an animal, they're going to get violent. They're going to get loud. They're going to get mean. Absolutely. Once they realize that they're shrinking, they actually have to scream even louder to make up for all the lost voices that they no longer have. Right. And, and they that's do where see they the are. writing on the wall. Yeah, they do see the writing on the wall. And they're getting panicky and they're doing crazy things, which is always the case. That's one of the things I'm worried about with Donald Trump. Donald Trump is so oblivious and so narcissistic. I don't even think he realizes yet that he's literally cornered and done. I don't think he he's fooled himself to think that he's not, but that realization is going to come at some point. And I hate to imagine what he's going to do. I know people like him and I've seen them get cornered and it gets really ugly very quickly. And what a lot of people on the right don't understand is everybody's like Donald Trump said he was going to drain the swamp. It's like, well, he drained the water off the top, so now we get to see all the fuckers that are, were lurking under, just underneath. And now yeah. they don't have rocks to hide under anymore. Right. You know, they all came out from under the rocks because Donald Trump made it okay to be racist, to be homophobic, to be whatever you want to call these fucks. And and and, and they're not only the, 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 the dregs of the swamp, they're the scum on top of the water, too, because they're so visible. And they're so out there. And it's it's truly amazing to me. I, you know, I will get I will talk to people who consider themselves conservative or Republicans and they feel compelled to say shit to me because they know how I feel and they know that I'm fairly high profile as far as what I talk about. And if I meet somebody who's a Republican, I won't even talk about politics because I, I, I don't care enough about these people to get into it with them. But inevitably they will they feel compelled to get in my face just to sit, show me I'm wrong and 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 be per well you've listened to the show long enough that's absolutely the wrong fucking thing to do cuz now I'm going to engage with you and and uh, and when I engage and I tell them what the truth is they'll say something like well now you're getting unhinged now I'm talking normally I'm just telling you you're fucking wrong. And to you, that makes you feel like I'm unhinged. You're so oblivious to your ignorance that when somebody questions you, you feel like you're being attacked. And then they become the the victim, as as these fucking people always tend to do. I'm the victim now. Don't beat me up. You you're 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 too mean. Well, if you if you're doing the types of things that you're doing to people of color and transgender people and 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 LGBTQ and and people of other religions, you're an evil motherfucker and you deserve what you get. And I do believe it's all coming home to roost so quick because 
unlike in the 1920s and 1930s in Germany, they don't have the luxury of anonymity and a lot right. of real-time news so that they can get their narrative spun up in. Whereas now they can't even get a narrative off the ground before it's blown up. Like with all this, the bullshit that McCarthy and Tucker Carlson just tried to put out, everybody knew it was going to be a flop. It was but- a flop. I mean, that's the ironic thing. Everybody's going, Oh no, they're going to do that. And it completely fucking flopped. Same way with the Twitter files. It lets yeah. you, and I've had those debates with dumbasses before. It's like one person was trying to talk to me about the Twitter files. And I was like, you know what the Wayback Machine is? <laughs> and he was like, no, what's that? I'm like, you can look at the state of any website ever in existence on one website, going back to the beginning of the internet. And you could see what those posts were and what they wanted removed and why they wanted to remove it. Right. But then you find out it was actually Trump because he was a pussy ass bitch. He is a pussy ass bitch. I, I, I'm glad you recognize that. And, and, uh, well, you know, one of the things I've noticed, and I, I've seen this before with other people of that ilk, they'll take the tiniest things. And they'll expand on it. They'll exaggerate it. And then they'll fucking lie about it. And they'll talk as if that's real and it's not real. And then it gets spread through Fox News, OAN, Newsmax from person to person until people actually believe it's true. Well, I'm here to tell you, I don't care how far you expand it. JFK Jr. is not fucking coming back. He's just not. And the fact that these people believe this completely undermines their credibility. These aren't legitimate, serious people. When somebody says, you know, they, they just had this thing on with Sidney Powell, you know, the crazy bitch with the Dominion and all this stuff. When, when you got the documentation out, she thinks of herself as some time traveler who was emotionally decapitated and she <laughs> talks to all. How do you even take that person seriously? But you put her on Fox News. You put her on staff as a lawyer with Donald Trump. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? You're going to be a joke. And that's what always boggles my mind is they look at all these quote unquote alpha men and Trump as the pinnacle of man. And it's like, he's a wuss. (laughs) He's scared of his own shadow. It's, it's, you know, in my lifetime, I've I've found out <laughs> those poop people who claim to be really smart, claim to be really rich, claim to be really tough, are just the opposite. Because people who are really rich, really smart, really powerful, or really tough don't need to talk about it. So by virtue right. of them coming out and bragging about this tells me right away, you're a pussy-ass bitch. And it kind of goes back to the same thing like what we were talking about with Lindsey Graham, the best known secret in Washington is he's gay. It's, yeah. it's the same, it's the same song over and over and over again of projection that these people are the evil ones because I don't want you to see what they are in me. It, it kind of like to quote um, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, fuck. Don't even bring Shakespeare up to me. I don't know shit Shakespeare. about Shakespeare. He, but he said, 
said, I think the lady doth protest too much. There you go. There you go. I do know that phrase. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it's, it's like, I'm so embarrassed about who I am to prove that I'm not who I really am. I'm going to go after those people like me. So people believe that I'm not that, even though I am, it's, 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 it's completely a fucked up mental state. And not only do they do that, but then they go to other groups and try to turn those other groups against uh, other groups to keep us divided. And you hear like some feminists like um, J.K. Rowling hates transgender people very much, but she says she's a feminist and she attacks the transgender community. And it's like, you are working for them. Will right. you do that? Well, I am your enemy. <laughs> and, and she doesn't care either. She's shameless about it. She said, I, I don't care. I'll be dead anyway, so it doesn't matter. And <laughs> it, it's amazing how many people are willing to just really end their careers. Like this guy, the Scott Adams, who writes Dilbert. You know, he, he write, he's a cartoon cartoonist for newspapers. Maddie, who the fuck reads newspapers anymore? How do you, when's the last time you read a cartoon in the newspaper? It was a I, Sunday in the seventies, I think for me. Fuck. Yeah, it was, I used to beg for the Sunday ads when I was a kid, just so I could read Garfield and a few other cartoons, but right. Dilbert was never one of them. Even so this, back then it was too boring. This guy comes out and says these ridiculous comments. And then he says, no, I didn't really say that. You know, he was talking about people of color. White people shouldn't hang around with black people because he read some poll by Rasmussen, which is the absolute worst fucking pollster in the fucking country. They're constantly they were constantly saying, oh, Donald Trump's going to win 2020. So that gives you an idea how accurate they are. But he read this and he started coming out. Well, you just stay away from black people. And then then he has the audacity to say, well, I think most black people believe or, or agree with me. Fuck you. They do not. That's no, ridiculous. And I think that's also what's starting to show all the <clears throat> fractures in the Re Republican Party and the fascist end of it, too, because they're seeing that they can't breathe in this environment anymore. They can't spread anymore because we can see through, we can see the emperors not wearing clothes and we're talking about it and we see that we're not each other's enemy, that it's the people who are trying to keep all of us down are the ones that we should be fighting against. And as you said before, the numbers are changing and they, their numbers are dwindling and they're going to be ultimately, ultimately just have no power ultimately because they will be exposed for who they are. And uh, the numbers would dwindle. And, and, and as you said, they're, they're panicking over it. So now they're just flailing, doing whatever, hoping against hope something will grab that they can hold on to the stupidest little claim that somebody will grab onto like, like the Tucker Carlson thing. Oh no, here we're going to break it open. We're going to give these videos to Tucker Carlson and he's going to show that it wasn't an insurrection, that it wasn't a riot, that it wasn't violent. Well, here's the fucking problem with that for Kevin McCarthy and Tucker Carlson. My wife and I, and tens of millions of other people sat here and watched it fucking live on TV. You can't tell me it didn't happen. 
when I watched the fucking thing happen. But they think they had something there. They thought this was going to be the thing that breaks everybody's mind about the insurrection and that people might say, oh, you know, maybe it didn't really happen. It fucking happened. And we know it happened because we saw it. And the only thing that's happening is while they flail, they're actually quickening their own demise because they are. they're exposing themselves more and more. And the trouble is a lot of them are old and don't know how to use technology and don't understand technology and how it works. Yeah, exactly. And certainly don't know how to, I mean, as, as is proven by Florida and Ron DeSantis, you bloggers got to register. <laughs> <laughs> last now, time i heard that word was like 2018 <laughs> yeah at least at least 2018 and i'm an old fuck so even i know that 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 is absolutely bullshit um a lot of people are, are talking about and i get this all the time that uh oh nothing's gonna happen to all these people what's your mindset on this you know we're waiting for indictments from georgia we're waiting on indictments from the DOJ and possibly New York and God knows where and all the lawsuits. Granted, it's taking too long. We wanted it to happen on January 21st, 2021. I think a lot of people thought it was going to happen then. How are you feeling about the direction the country is going now, especially in your situation? I, I think that the states are, the reason why that they've had to backpedal to the States is because they realized they couldn't push this bullshit nationally. And even that narrative is falling apart in the state level too. The more and more people who are just getting freaking sick and tired of all the bullshit and all the, what about is, um, in, they just want to sit there and piss and moan about their lives and that they lost and they, they didn't lose. They can't admit it. It's all, I dealt with bullies like that when I was in school. I, there was one kid that when I was growing up in high school, he kept trying to kick my feet out from underneath me while he was walking behind me. I got sick and tired of it. I turned around I grabbed him. I slammed him up against the wall. I was ready to clean his clock until the principal stopped me. Yeah. And he, to save face, he had to try to tell everybody that I bit him. (laughs) Yeah, they'll lie. They'll lie. I just wanted to tell you one thing. You were talking about moving to to Canada if there was a, a problem. I will tell you this. Our governor, Tim Walls, he just signed an executive order protecting rights to gender affirming care for the state of Minnesota. So you can always come to Minnesota. Minnesota's a blue state. There, you know, we have our pockets of red people, even in the metro area. Uh and and, and you know, that's <laughs> I can kind of relate to being that guy that's on the outside of the norm. Only because where I came from in South Minneapolis, there was a lot of blue collar people, people I went to high school with, people I've seen at reunions and stuff. And a lot of those people, since the rise of Donald Trump, I, I'm realizing they are, in fact, trump you know? And because people know what I do and what I say, they, they take a little ta- different tact with me. They won't argue with me because they know they'll probably lose, but they will stay away from me. And they probably talk shit behind my back. 
But if I ever find that out, they'll be the subject on this fucking podcast and they'll see how they like that. But that that's the problem we have in this country. Everybody is looking at everybody else and 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 trying to decide what's different about everybody else. It doesn't matter, male, female, transgender, uh, heterosexual, Jewish, whatever. Everybody looks at everybody else. How are you different from me? And why is that bad that you're different? And, and, and therein lies the problem. We're all different on many levels. Um, if that, if that is a problem for you, that is your problem. It's not the problem of everybody being different. I'm as fucking different as you can possibly be. And there are people that look sideways at me. And you know what? I fucking love it. If, if you don't like me, <laughs> I'm cool with it. I don't give a shit. Do you, do you do you feel that sense when you're you're at home in your town? Are you in a bigger town or a smaller town? Um, I'm in one of the not one of the large cities, but I'm in one of the larger towns. Okay, and it is very blue in our area, and well, that that's helpful. Extending out, and thankfully, for the first time in a long time, Michigan is completely blue. Yeah, absolutely. We have all blue legislature and they're and they just passed protection for lgbt people Wonderful. in the state and the governor's about to sign it so i do feel safer and i feel that it feels like the democrats are finally getting some of their shit together yeah stop bickering amongst themselves and because i think a lot of the democrat party realized that we caused trump to win in 2016 Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because we couldn't get over our own shit and realize we weren't going to get Bernie. A lot of us wanted Bernie, but it it wasn't in the cards. And everybody's like, oh, vote third party. Uh, The president, it's like, that does nothing. You can't grow a third party from the top down. You have to grow it from the bottom up. Right. Well, yeah, I've said this before, and a lot of people disagree with me. I think that by making... um, Hillary Clinton, the candidate, uh, is part of the reason why we lost the 2016 election. I think the Democrats and the Republicans should should notice the red flags in that election. Not about Donald Trump necessarily, but the reason people voted for Donald Trump is because they were sick of the establishment in Washington, D.C., Democrat and Republicans alike. They wanted something different. And the only person that represented anything different was Donald Trump. They took a fucking shot. They It was a crapshoot. But they took it on him because they were so tired of the establishment stuff. And I'm convinced that had Bernie Sanders been the candidate, he's also a little outside the box, and he's a little different and anti-establishment. He was a safer bet than Donald Trump, but he wasn't he wasn't in the equation. So you got Hillary Clinton, um and and, and she has all kinds of baggage too. I, I'm not saying she wouldn't have been a good president, certainly better than Donald Trump. I wasn't a fan of Hillary. I voted for her, but I wasn't a fan of hers. Um but had they had a better candidate, I'm not saying that they would be a better president but a better candidate in terms of the perception by this country, they would Democrats should have won. And because they did what they did, they allowed Donald Trump to win. So the Democrats have to take some responsibility for Donald Trump being president. And I think a lot of that does also stem from 
I think the Democrat Party was just flat out arrogant in 2016. They they were like, we elected a black man, we can elect a woman. And yeah. they basically just ran roughshod over what people were wanting. And then once it was found out that she was going to be the candidate, instead of being, changing the tune and coalescing, they kept that fight going. Well, and I, th- I think Democrats also were were kind of complacent. They've always been, well, we're above this fighting stuff and we're above that and we'll just turn the other cheek. And unfortunately, as you found out when you're dealing with a bully and I found out with dealing with a bully, you can't just keep turning the other cheek. Otherwise, they continue to do it. At some point, you got to get down in the mud with them and kick their ass to get them to stop. And it's not until recently that it seems like the Democrats have finally fucking realized that they got to fight back. They got to be tough. They got to maybe roll around in the mud a little bit to fight fire with fire because not because it's the nicest or most Christian thing to do, but because it's the only thing these motherfuckers understand. That's all they can relate to getting their ass kicked and then they run away. And a lot of that really, I felt came about once they started saying fake news, it, they basically, once they started doing that, they're shutting down the conversation. They don't want to have the debate. They don't want to come to the conversation in good faith. And because they're just, no matter what evidence you give them, none of it's going to work. So eventually you're just going to have to slap them down and move on. Yeah. I mean, I've said this before. There's really, I've had two Trump on the show and they both went pretty much like I'd expected. Um, they either lied or pled stupidity, and then they became the victim because I was being too tough on them. I I don't think I was tough enough. I was too nice to them. But um, they, they, they just, all they really want to do is own the libtards and throw shit up against the wall and see what sticks. And for a long time during Donald Trump's reign, a lot of it did stick. But now they're dealing with a situation that none of it's sticking. Everything they try doesn't work. Every election since 2018 hasn't worked in their favor. They're losers. And the big reason why they are losers is because not only Donald Trump, but the Trumpism and the, and, and the MAGA policies, those don't work. And, and what amazes me, they still continue to double down on that shit, even though they know it's a loser. And, and that's what's hastening their demise is they can't, they've lost control of the animal they created, the right. monster they created in MAGA and now ultra MAGA, according to Bobo. <laughs> yeah. And, but they, that is falling apart because it's all a house of cards. And once they see one card falling, they quick run to prop that one card up at the cost of, half the other building. And I actually think it's a good thing that they did win the house. Yeah. It's going to slow down the progress, but what they were able to do from 2021 and to 2023 was saying, well, the Democrats are doing all this stuff and they're screwing everything up. Now they're the ones holding the reins and they're getting caught with standing on their dick like yeah <laughs> right yeah stepping on their own dick yeah absolutely and you know i i've said that too i think that that by the republicans 
winning by a slim margin in the House is worse for them, like you said, worse for them than had they lost. Because if they had lost, they would have some complaints that they can campaign on. Now all they can do is listen to the complaints of them accomplishing nothing in fucking two years. And what they do do is embarrassing because they have these investigations. And once again, they, 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 they go over like a lead balloon. They, they think they're going to break this news and own the libtards, but every time they fucking fail. And I love watching it. And I think the Democrats are cool with saying, yeah, go ahead and do that. We're not even going to fight you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yourself up. My wife always said, always give them enough rope to hang themselves with. And they are doing that without question. They they are hanging themselves. I think – now, we were talking about Florida and Ron DeSantis. I, I, I honestly believe Donald Trump will not be the Republican candidate for president. I don't think he'll even be able to run for president on any level. But one of the things you know notice now is that they did create a Frankenstein monster with Donald Trump. He has proved to be nothing but a loser since 2018, and now they want to step away from him, but they're too afraid to do that. So they're stuck with this loser, this fucking anchor, and they don't know what to do. And as long as they're stuck with this anchor, when it comes down to 2024, they won't be able to establish any kind of perception of the Republican Party other than MAGA and Donald Trump. And when it doesn't work in 2024, they're fucked. I mean, they're fucked for like 10, 15, 20 years. And good riddance, because then we can actually get this country back in shape. And that's what I always tell people, especially when I talk to Republicans. I'm like, they're like, um, why do you like Republicans? And they're like, small government. I'm like, where? Yeah. What small government? They're up in my ass all every freaking day just for walking down the street. The, the 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 ironic thing they always say small government you know we we don't want the government paying for so many things and, and what i always say to these people i say look man i pay my fair share of taxes i pay a fair amount of taxes you know commensurate with what i what i what i earn um and having been a capitalist most of my life and worked in business and owning a business or two it, it, here's my need. If I'm going to pay you money, I better get something fucking back. I better get something in return. I'm not going to give you money to give to some rich people with hopes that it'll trickle down to me, especially since after 40 years, we find out that doesn't fucking work. So the smaller government thing is ridiculous. If we're going to pay all this money in taxes, there should be some return. There should be services rendered. And it kind of goes back to some people are say, well, Social Security won't be there when I retire or something. I'm like, then fund it. Why yeah. is that a problem? Why yeah. do we have to get rid of it? Just because down the year, road, 10, 20, 30 years, it won't be solvent anymore. It's like, well, put more money back into it. You know, when they talk about the the debt, you know, we're, we're coming up on this thing where they're going to have to raise the debt in order to not shut down the, uh, the country and, and the world for that matter. There's a $31 million debt right now, eight of which Donald Trump and the Republicans added to the debt. Do you know that there's a $7 trillion part of that debt that the government took from Social Security to fund something else? 
You're telling us Social Security is failing. We'll pay back the $7 trillion you fucking owe us, and then maybe we won't have a problem. But instead, they want to say, we got to cut it because it's just not, not uh, viable. Well, it would be viable if you paid your $7 trillion debt, you folks that love paying off the debt. And not only that, it has been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that all these Trumplicans want the 1950s and 60s back. I know that they want it back because then they can be racist, homophobic, transphobic assholes. But people like me, we're, we're like, we want it back where the rich paid their fair share. There you go. Where there was uh, two cars in every garage and a chicken in every pot. Right. We want that back too. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what I think they miss is that in the 50s and 60s, the times were good because wealthy people and corporations paid their fair share of taxes. The whole idea of the trickle-down thing clearly didn't work. Uh, Ronald Reagan started that, and that's been a failure ever since. So let's go back to the 50s. Let's have these guys paying 60 70% taxes. And, you know, that's what it was. There was a point when People at a certain level were paying like 90% taxes. And now they kick and cry about 15% when you and I are paying like 30%. It's fucking crazy. It's ridiculous. And a lot of it reminds me of an old Simpsons episode where Homer charged a hair tonic so he could grow hair again. Right, his um, insurance and Mr. Burns got all pissed because he wanted another ivory back scratcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were some messages in those old cartoons that were pretty interesting. I give him credit for uh, the writing on that. That was pretty impressive for as long as they've gone on. Um, it's, 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 when you look at Ron DeSantis or any of the Trump LaFucks or in any of these states, it really troubles me about Florida because I like Florida. I love the state. I love going to different places in Florida. I love a lot of people in Florida that, that I know, except for the villages. That, that cesspool of STDs is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> STDs and Trump LaFucks is what it is. Uh, and if there's anybody out there listening that lives in the villages, I'm not backing down from that at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, they drive around with different colored uh, sponges on their cars to let them n- let other people know what sexual acts they're into. <laughs> wow! And these guys are in their seventies. That's that's disgusting. But and, my my point is, I love going to Florida, but I won't go there now. And I think what the reason why Florida is becoming the way it is is because a lot of the Trump fucks that I knew up here in Michigan yeah. have moved to Florida. Well, they have they have a, a, a an older community down there. People in their maybe sixties, seventies, and eighties are just a different different group of people. I'm sad to say that many uh, many baby boomers are are the problem. Baby boomers still make up a big part of the demographics, like seventy million people. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I call myself Rational Boomer, because um, when you look at me walking down a street, 
somebody might say, oh, here comes a racist, Trump-humping piece of shit, until they talk to me and they realize, wow, that's weird. He's not like that at all. He's totally the opposite. But you got a lot of old people in Florida, and, you know, they've made their money, and all they see is people of of minorities coming for their money because that's what the Republicans tell them. So they're – I mean, everything about Republicans and Trump will fucks is based in fear. They don't hate you. They're afraid of you being a transgender person. They're afraid of black people. They're afraid of Jewish people. They're afraid of fucking everybody. And you can't live your life being fearful. And what's the epitome of irony with the villages and all the the old people that went down there that are all afraid of somebody taking their money, vote for people that Take their money. Want to take their money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They do. And, you know, that's that's one of the things that I find the most disturbing since Donald Trump uh, uh, became president is I, I find it really disconcerting coming to the realization of just how many uninformed, stupid people there are. It's it's mind boggling. I mean, I'll, I'll talk to I, I talk to people now that might be Republicans and they'll say, yeah, the gas prices are so high because Biden canceled the Keystone, he shut off the Keystone, which isn't even fucking close to true. No, but that but that narrative has been put out there and they buy it. They believe it. They don't look into it. That's why I like following Mr. Global on TikTok because he's very seems to be very blunt and truthful is what he says i don't know if you follow him i do he's the he's the guy that has the background with the uh with the energy and gas and stuff he knows everything about it yeah absolutely i do follow him because he's seems to have some common sense and some experience and some knowledge and he usually puts these people in their places but you know even if these trump watch him they don't believe anything he says they'd rather believe donald trump about the energy business than some guy who actually works in the energy business. Like Donald Trump, a guy that's literally failed every business he's ever ran. And the only reason that Trump org is still alive was because of his father and the company his father started. Right. And, 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 and the lifespan of the Trump org is coming to an end too. I mean, they were, they were indicted and convicted of what seven or is it 17 cases of fraud we, we've got the the lawsuit going on with letitia james which may cost them 250 million to start the trump organization is going to be done for especially if that lawsuit that civil lawsuit because in addition to the money uh that lawsuit is calling for donald trump and his family not to have any business in the state of New York again. That doesn't mean they can't do it down in Florida, but they're failing as it is. Starting a new business from 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 the beginning is just not going to work for them. And they would lose every one of those assets that they ever had in New York because you know those are will get seized to pay the bills because that man broke. Yeah, he's broke. He doesn't you know, that's that's the one thing I always uh when I, when I get comments on my TikToks, they'll say, nothing's ever going to happen to Trump. He's going to flow through this stuff. And I say, shit's already happened to Donald Trump. I mean, his money situation is shut down. He can't, none of the things he does makes money anymore. And even his grift is starting to fail. 
And then you take all the stress and strain of all the lawsuits and possible indictments hanging over the head of a guy who's 76 years old and eats nothing but Big Macs. This can't be going well for him. No, I mean, if he wasn't wearing diapers before, he definitely is not. (laughs) Well, I'm 62 years old, and depending on where I go to dinner, I might need some diapers now and again. You know, when you get to be a certain age, your body metabolizes shit a little bit different. And, uh, uh, you know, on medications. Yeah, Donald Donald, uh, isn't doing well now. I mean, he'll come out and act as if he does, and that's the nature of a narcissist. They'll come out and tell you they're the strongest, the smartest, and the richest, no matter what condition they're in. And they continue to do that up until the time they're pushed off a cliff and there's nowhere to go. He will double down until he's destroyed. And I will be happy if he's destroyed, even if he doesn't go to jail. And what's funny about it, too, is had he never came down that escalator, he could have lived out his life and more than likely the government would have never looked at him just because he's rich. He would have lived his life. He would have had all his money. He wouldn't have had any of these problems, but instead he came down the elevator and he never even wanted the job. No, I think he looked at it as a publicity stunt. Honestly, I do. And And it backfired on him. Well, it backfired on him, but once it looked like he was going to win, then the ego set in, the narcissism set in. Okay. They say I'm important. They say I can be president, so I'm going to be president. But you're right. I said that in 2016. I said that Donald Trump will regret the day he ever ran for president and certainly won the president. Because as you said, I mean, we know by looking at his taxes now, he's been cheating on his taxes for decades. Nobody said a fucking word to him. But now that he's dealing with the U.S. government and he's done the things he has, now he's under the microscope. You're right. If he would have just sat back and ate Big Macs and did a TV show, nobody would have fucking bothered him. Uh, But he'll never admit that he made the wrong choice. He still thinks that. I mean, he's still telling people he won in 2020. And we're past the midterms now, and he's still not back in the office as much as all these fucks will tell us, oh, he's coming back. He's, no, no, he's not. He's not coming back. I have noticed that even that crowd is starting to dwindle. It yeah. gets smaller and smaller. I mean, CPAC was a glaring indictment of Trumpism in general because nobody wants to listen to that shit anymore. Even people on the right, like they're all like, they want to move past them. I guarantee you. McCarthy did not want to give that footage to Tucker Carlson. He did it because Trump got him the position. And the only thing that's doing is shoving that conversation right back to the forefront rather than letting it die off. Well, and you wonder why he still has that kind of power. I mean, we see that uh, being shown up in his lawyers. You know, you hire a lawyer to give you advice and you do what they tell you to do. But that's not the case with Donald Trump. He hires lawyers and then he tells them what to do, even though it's maybe illegal or wrong or stupid. And for whatever reason, these people feel compelled to do whatever Donald Trump says, even though lawyer after lawyer is getting sanctioned or disbarred or whatever. They still will sacrifice their careers to cater to this fuck. And it's just truly amazing to me. I I do believe from understanding the history of Donald Trump, I would bet that he has dirt on quite a few of these movers and shakers, especially the people that were 
on board up through January 6th. I guarantee you, he's sitting on all that saying, indict me. I go down. All you fuckers are going down with me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, when people said that at first, I said, yeah, that's a little cynical. But but in retrospect, and as we look at it now, that's got to be the only answer to this thing. I mean, why do people push it to the le- push themselves to the ledge and then jump off the ledge for this guy? The only possible thing could be is the alternative is far worse. And that would suggest that he's got some dirt, like on Lindsey Graham or Rudy Giuliani. It sounds like Rudy Giuliani. Did you hear what Rudy Giuliani said? Um, <laughs> you know, he's he's going to be indicted and he's got kind of shit going down and Donald Trump is supposed to pay him for his services, which he has not, which should be no surprise to anybody. Donald Trump doesn't pay anybody. But Rudy just says, Donnie better pay me or shit's coming out. It'd be interesting to see what he says. I mean, at this point, Rudy Giuliani's got to be looking at some way to save his life because he is fucking done. And and what Rudy ended up doing with that is he basically just announced to Jack Smith, hey, I got dirt. Yeah. And Jack Smith's going to find ways to turn the screws to him. I mean, you don't become a world-renowned hag processor. Prosecutor, yeah. Prosecutor for nothing. And when you try war criminals, you don't get that position lightly. And that would scare the hell out of me, even though I know I've done nothing wrong. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and and you can see it in Donald Trump now. He is kind of flailing. He's going after. I mean, he does. He always does the same thing. If someone's coming after him or somebody is speaking ill of him, he immediately goes on the attack and try to discredit them. And And over the years, it may have worked, but it's not working now. He's not going to be able to discredit Jack Smith. Or, or Merrick Garland for that matter. It's just not working. He's, he's, he's being exposed for the buffoon he is. And I wish it would go faster. It's taking entirely too long. And I feel the frustration that everybody else is feeling. But I keep reminding myself, you only get one shot at the king. Yeah, that's true. And you better kill him. Make that shot hot. Yeah. 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 You better. And I, and I understand that. The only thing that troubles me about this is, you know, we've got what's going on in the House of Representatives with the Republicans. We got this debt limit thing and and all this other crazy shit, the investigations and all the shit in Florida going on. Um, I just have a feeling that if we started to get some indictments, that would shut down a lot of this stuff by by Jack Smith and and Fonnie Willis and and, uh, Alvin Bragg sitting on this. While they're waiting, while we're waiting, a lot of bad shit is happening that could be stopped by just a little action from one of these people. It's kind of a catch-22. You don't want to go too quick, but at the same time, you don't want to continue getting a beating. It's like being sick and waiting to take the medication. No, I want the fucking pain relief now. And and, and I think that's how a lot of people feel about what's going on. And. Part of me, that's why I was really shocked yesterday when um, old turtleneck from Mitch McConnell Mitch McConnell came out and cited against Fox News and against McCarthy publicly. And it's like, and what people are like, well, that's no big deal. It, it's like coming from Mitch McConnell, that is a big deal because of Everybody that knows where all the bodies in D.C. are buried, 
he knows. Yeah, he knows. And and you can bet that he's going to do whatever it takes to protect himself. And he's old enough and been around long enough where I think he he has the end of the road in sight. And I'm not talking about death. I'm talking about the end of the road in terms of his career. He's got plenty of money. He doesn't need the bullshit anymore. He's probably going to bail it sometime soon. And that makes me wonder if it gets much worse, if he's going to start siding with Democrats to potentially get some of the mainstream Republicans in the House to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Stop their shit, basically saying this is going too far, which... Hello, it went too far in 2016 when the fucker got elected. Yeah, but it was working for them, you know? Right. That that just explains who these Republicans are. They don't mind lying. They don't mind going against the Constitution and hurting this country as long as it means money and votes and power to them. Now it doesn't mean money, votes, and power to them. Now they're going, eh, well, maybe we should back out of this. I personally think that most of these people waited too long. They should have bailed much earlier, and they could have maybe saved themselves. But those people who have stuck with Donald Trump, like Kevin McCarthy and all these fucks, when Donald Trump is done and gone and the MAGA party is gone, that stink is going to revolve around all these people for the rest of their careers, and it's going to cost them dearly. And they, once Trumpism is defeated, and that's what always boggles my mind with, they cater to the alt-right and the boomers and very old people who are dying at a rate of 3,000 people a day. And yeah. I, I, I heard 5,000 a day and as a boomer, I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> you know, I'm a younger boomer, so um, um, I, I'm not as old as some of those guys born in 46, 47, prior to 50, but um, – well, to be honest with you, Manny, we're, we're running out of time here. I know you were nervous when you came on the show and thought, oh, this is going to be hard. Uh, I'll ask you the same question I ask everybody who comes on and is always nervous when they came on. Ain't no fucking thing, right? No, it was pretty easy. And I would like to say that I would like to tell people out there, speak up, have your stories be heard, because it's easy to hate an idea. It's hard to hate a person. And once we start letting these people know we're just people in closing, I would like to say everybody talks about the LGBT agenda. The agenda is to be left alone and just yeah. live our lives in peace. Just we don't want to harm anybody. Um, and we don't. Well, how, how old a person are you, uh, Maddie? I'm 40. I'm an older millennial. You're an older millennial. Uh, well, in terms of the Rational Boomer podcast, we don't we don't identify anybody as different. Uh, so so you'll have to consider yourself a an honorary Rational Boomer. You are rational. You're not a boomer. But what the fuck? We're all inclusive here. So it doesn't matter what your age is. It's a mindset, not so much a chronological age. And more people, I feel, are waking up to that at a younger age. And the younger, I would be scared to underestimate Gen Z. <laughs> yeah, I would be too. I would be too. Well, Maddie, thank you for coming on and telling your story. That you know that 
that takes a certain amount of courage um, to do that. And I appreciate that. And I think it's, it's valuable for the people listening to know kind of the inside information. It's really easy to say, those people are different. I don't like them. But like you say, once you get to know somebody and you get to get a sense of what they are as a human, the the differences really don't matter. They don't fucking matter at all. Right. We're all in this life together. We got to stop fighting amongst each other. Absolutely. Well, Maddie, thank you very much for coming by. Those of you that have been listening, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Um, I hope you have a great day and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.